This is Inside LAFC. Welcome. Thank you for supporting. As we always like to remind you, please subscribe. Tell a friend. That, that's all your homework here for the day. Tell a friend and get them to subscribe. We would appreciate. Leave comments and reviews. Max brought us alongside Vince LaRosa. Hey, Max. What's up? How are you enjoying your summer? Still been busy. Still been busy. <laughs> I've been busier the last 10 days than I think I've been any portion of 2019. Yeah, it's been a busy... At one point, it's been not busy and then all like busy all at once. All just out of nowhere. Yeah. You watching uh, any of the competitions under 20s? I have As been watching... Women's World Cup? I've been watching all of them. Uh, we have Copa America. We're Starting taping today. this Friday night. So, Brazil, I'm excited to see that. And you got U.S. Open Cup as well. Yes. Which we'll be talking about. Which is very exciting because, once again, LAFC, and it's been pretty clear how they have approached this tournament. They want to win it. They have a mantelpiece. Yeah. It's got no trophies. They don't need to have a trophy. It's only been two years in existence, but they would like to put one up there. And the U.S. Open Cup now four wins, and you get it. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense. Well, Bob said one thing last year that's always stuck with me. He said, as a new team, you always want to create history, and to create history, the best way to do it is to get a trophy. And so why wouldn't you? go for the Open Cup. Why? I mean, especially, I think, I, I would honestly say, especially out in the West, there's just so many other teams out, out in the East that like kind of get clumped together. That There actually are some good lower level teams in, in the East. Yeah. Not as much in the West, to be, if I'm being fully honest. I mean, Sacramento's a, a decent one. We've seen that New Mexico's got, got some guys and they're a fresh new face. Uh, but I think that in the West, yeah, when you look at something, you look at anything and say, Five, just takes us five games and we can maybe get some silverware. And on top of it, I mean, I think the Open Cup is something I well worthwhile and I yeah. do enjoy it. But on top of it, the added bonus, CONCACAF, Champions League. You start counting all the things that you get from uh, the U.S. Open Cup. You get a trophy, a historic trophy, 106 years. So this is no minor little thing, no new thing they created for clubs to get more trophies. This is laced in antiquity. And it's very nice to have great clubs, great history, great players have lifted it throughout the, throughout the history, those 106 years. You mentioned the CONCACAF uh, ticket, which is very precious, and a, a chance for LAFC one day perhaps to make history and win that trophy that has eluded MLS clubs. A little walk-around money for the players. Yeah. yeah. Thanks to yours truly, you get some home games or you get some people inside Bank of California Stadium because I was there for the cup and I had the good, I had the good voodoo going. And the you're LAFC, are, you're LAFC good, got the H1. You're a good luck there. charm. Yeah, exactly. You know, like the NFL draft lottery. Remember the Cavaliers owner had his son there and he kept getting the first. I am there. So I think everyone should probably help pay for my ticket to Fort Lauderdale next year and make sure I'm just in the room to see if we can do it again. I think that's the most it will strike twice. But so, so is that where they did it from? Is that where the draw was from, Fort Lauderdale? Correct. Uh, there's a place called Vista Entertainments where they're uh, producing a lot of content. And, you know, look. A lot of times you, you call games from stadium. The reality is in this business, calling games is more efficient and cost uh, effective when you do it uh, off these monitors. And for me, I got to do three games over two days, which is great. It's, it's not the traditional route, but that I can assure you when you hear games from all over the world, the host broadcasters are generally not there. They're at a studio. So I hate to, pull the, I hate to be the Wizard of Oz there. And show that, but it's the truth. But I think it, it is the smart route. You have to because mm -hmm. it's changing. And what you're getting now is you're getting more games on TV and on streaming services, and that is a result of being able to do it in that fashion. Well, you every Sorry, sorry, Vince. You get every open cup, every game at your fingertips right there, for well, instance. And my take is, and I know that just from the LAFC side, and we have very, very loyal listeners, very loyal watchers, 
they were very happy to have a familiar voice on the broadcast. I know that everything, everything in the sport, this sports world is going hyper local. So the chance to get to have yeah. you, even though you had to be as center of the road as you could, we gave you a game. Was I? Was I mean, you could tell us a little when the goals go in. You're obviously your the depth, <laughs> the depth of your stories lean that's much more point. LFC side. But yes. I still think that that was center of the road. And that's information that's important. I think if you're an RSL fan, it's not something that's going to turn you off completely. Right. Right. But yeah, I think. Uh, they really liked in and, and so in order to have something of your quality of a broadcaster this is the way you're going to have to do it right right i don't, I don't need college MLS. students doing the games listen i reached out to the host broadcaster of a company that's doing south american games but they are in buenos aires but i just want to make a phone call see hey how's it going because i see things changing industry-wise maybe we'll do a podcast about industry on the media maybe it'd be interesting we get someone us do we can all talk i think i mean everyone always asks us how how can i get your job how can i get into this i yeah. think that's something that people might be interested in there are opportunities there but it's you've got to be aware of how it changes and uh, i just had my head on a swivel that's what i do i wake up in the morning i, I spin around like the exorcist yeah the glamour is only one yeah. percent of it right? and then you send really uh you send emails that sometimes are yeah sometimes difficult. you send emails during podcast shows i do <laughs> I do because the timing is everything. So okay, so we got we the got amount of time I have to wait on Max. Oh, <laughs> if I could have all that time back. As long as LAFC gets by the earthquakes next week, which I think everyone thinks they will, because they'll still have that lineup that we saw, and they won't be too burdened by multiple games. They'll get another home game either against the Timbers or the LA Galaxy at Bank of California Stadium, there, um, in the quarterfinals, and the Timbers, I think. Well, they played. They fielded a fully squad, a fully loaded squad. So you have to think they'll be able to get through. Although you might get that LA, LA game. Real quickly, just as I brought up the Timbers, obviously Carlos Vela is the MVP candidate of the season. But Brian Fernandez might be the second most viable player right now, and potentially could push it if he keeps at this pace. I came into the office. Obviously, I was hyped that we'd won, uh, and that we were going to be going on, and we were going to find out all about that stuff. But I came in the office the other day and said. Did you see those Brian Fernandez goals? Because nice. my, I mean, they they seem like they're going to put him out wide, which is probably where he thrives, and he showed you why you want a guy like that cutting in from a wide area. I mean, this is the modern game. You have wide forwards that can score. Yeah. They can they can make things happen. You, you have a center forward that kind of congests the defense and maybe can drop in and, and link up play a little bit. And then if you got guys that are just absolute quality on the outside, like Brian Fernandez, like Carlos Vela, like Diego Rossi, that's going to be the new thing. And and it's not just here. That's Liverpool, that's the way they play. I mean, there's that's if you can it seems to be the new duplicate thing. Duplicate Liverpool, that's a great business. Yeah. Merritt Paulson told me a story when we were up there in Portland about Brian Fernandez that he is so competitive. I love to hear this. I just love having this quality of player in his prime. He's not even in his prime. He's 24, so his prime's about to hit. That's great to have these guys in Major League Soccer. And you get to see them when they play against L.A. on a regular basis. That he said, Merritt Paulson, the owner of, of the Timbers, they were practicing, and they were. he was called offside in a practice, and he was so bent out of shape that he asked the video folks to show it again to see who was onside. He was onside, so his practice goal counted. And I go, that guy, that intensity is pretty cool. I think if you're a coach, that's what you want to see. Yeah, I've had a lot of people actually with kind of inside knowledge of Brian Fernandez say that that's both his best asset and maybe the one sure. thing that scares people a little bit. So it's, it's a little scary when I'd have to look through the video. And yeah, see if you get guys that are on the knife's edge like that, I mean, that's what your striker is, right? That's what that's who strikers are. That's who goal scorers are. They're always either happy or just the most depressed, worst guy to be around. And so you just want to try to keep them as happy as you can. Yeah, Brian Fernandez is, is a talent, and I think it changes it changes the perception, right? For the longest time, the the big name guys were coming out here, and we were like, yeah, yeah, you know, if he's up for it. 
Now you got a guy like Brian Fernandez. You say, maybe he's a little too up for it. We need to reel him in a little bit, let him know it's a long season. There's a lot of travel. There's a lot of things to do. Please don't kill your teammates, and we'll be just fine. There you go. But let's get – we'll talk Portland down the road. Maybe that's uh, – they're on their way to meeting again pretty soon, as they did last season in the quarterfinals, mind you. Yes. LAFC – Good game effort from Real Salt Lake because they were missing a lot of key players, their best two players. They were missing their coach mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Freddie Juarez had to fill in and did, did an admirable job keeping that team. But this is an LAFC team. This was such a rarity to watch. And this is why you got to tune into the U.S. Open Cup because you have Carlos Vela. You have the best player in the league playing in this competition. And as I said, you may have the second best player if you're watching Timber Games. And Diego Rossi was on the field. And this team without uh, – Mark Anthony Kay, obviously with Canada, and the two Americans, Tyler Miller and Walker Zimmerman, played exceptionally well. I would say the three guys that filled in for them were amongst the better performance. Cisniega made all the big saves he had to. Pablo Cisniega, excellent job. Danilo made some – he had – I love me a slide tackle. I love me a slide tackle and, in a big you, spot. you love that one towards the end of the oh, game? Oh, yeah, I saw that, and I was like, oh, I pumped my fist. Well, not in there, just uh, in my brain. And he did some good plays, too. And he I, he got better as the game went on, which I think was uh, – you wouldn't be surprised based on the fact that he hasn't played that frequently. And Lee Wynn, influential enough, and aided by Christian Ramirez, getting the all-important second goal. So, in addition to the regular eight guys you see, you get these three fill in, and it's a, a reminder of how uh, efficient and talented this team is. Good performance from LAFC. Yeah, each of them were – I think efficient's a good word because each yeah. of them were very good but also in the key moment, the keyest of moments, all three of them had moments that basically you could point out and say, this might have won the game, this might have won the game, this might have won the game. You got Pablo safe. You got to be sharp in that moment. And that's that's kind of what the LAFC goalkeepers have to be this season. You're, you're there to distribute. You're there to kind of uh, assemble your defense so that there's not a lot of shot opportunities coming in, but there's going to be one chance per game, one kind of grade A chance per game that we need you to step up and make a save, and he did. Uh, I th- also thought he was great with his feet. Uh, very well distributing the ball and looked very confident, which is important. I think it was hard to tell. I, I, could you guys tell in the broadcast that pitch seemed a little dry? It was bouncing a lot. That bouncing ball was, a lot. That ball was some- bouncing and also like it, it slowed down. There was plenty yeah. of like Diego had some opportunities he got just because you're like, ah, oh, that ball's going to go out. Didn't quit on it. Didn't go out. And he was able to, to kind of cut in. But I think that's uh, that's It imp- was. Good that, eye. I mean, that's important for a goalkeeper that is used to playing a certain way and it's his first game and he wants to be good with his feet. If you got a pitch that's kind of weird, that's just one more thing to deal with. But I think he was very good. Danilo, that slide tackle, fantastic. And I think also the tactics, and you your, you and your commentary partner had commented on it, Arcel really wanted to go down the wings. They really wanted to go down the width. And they were kind of baiting Jordan and Tristan to, to come forward to that wide forward. And then they were sent, they were just sending a fullback straight into that open space. And I think Danilo – and both and Eddie Segura, which he's done all season, they were just so good in sliding over in those moments and didn't really give up many big opportunities. And then Lee gets the goal, and I think you could say I didn't see much of Lee other than the goal. But if you rewatch that goal and what he did and his recognition of the space before the play even develops, that's just a, it's a world class uh, recognition. It's it's from a player with a high level IQ to even see that Christian is going to move in, that space is going to be open. I mean rewind it back and try to follow Lee before the pass and just look at the run that he makes in homework. the burst of speed. Homework for all you guys. Yeah, check it. It, ch- honestly, check it out. And, and, learn. and you can see it, I, I think, on ESPN+. Plus. They have um, all the replays there. They do, all the replays. Questions. And obviously on our, our website, you can see it. Just just look at it. And there's a lot of nuances to it. There's there's Christian's movement and, and basically pulling defenders. But 
I, I just I love Lee's ability to just recognize it very early and he, he it's not a jog it's not like one of those okay I'll run and maybe this will happen he busts past his his marker and then that's what that made all the difference and the great news is eight days after that game that trio you would imagine in all likelihood get another look at it and mm-hmm. that's got to really lift spirits and just that intensity for these players knowing they have a game that they're going to be participating an important game at home so they don't have to travel and potentially another one was it about a few weeks but i think it's is it august that'll be in the middle of july middle of july i'm sorry middle of july and then the quarters well, the semis will be the semis august. would be like the first week so august. you have a chance to do it so depending on how things go in the gold cup which we will preview a little bit later and i should say we have john thorrington joining us here on the podcast. And we'll, for all of you, you said it perfectly. For all of you who wonder how things work, we're going to get as much information out of John to see how things work behind the management of this team, the player acquisition, everything that goes into that. Yeah, we all know you guys were big is, transfer people, big rumors people. This is going to be I a reference pod for you. For this me. is going to be something that throughout the summer and summers to come and January windows, I think you should go back to. We really want to get dig deep into what is what's you know, what's the hype, what's the smokescreen, and what's this? And then also just kind of the transfer strategy. So you know, you you can be that guy that says, I, I've already know that that's not what LFC is about. That's not what they do. Yeah, so you don't have to go through that whole process on social media. So everyone, uh, Carlos Vela now off his, his Open Cup account as well. Uh, everyone really participated on a strong level. This is, it doesn't seem fair all the way, but this is, this is all credited to LAFC and how they built this team. Yes, you have a superstar who doesn't want to go with his national team right now, mm-hmm. and you allowed him to play here. Eddie Segura took a little knock, too. That was a uh, hit, hit in the head there, but he's all right. And U.S. Open Cup is off and running. This is, I think that was a, a tricky spot. They're going to get harder here as the games go on, but this is that opportunity, and it's there for LAFC. To, am I missing anything Is there about this game? No, I mean, this game was an interesting game. I think RSL really tried to give the best they could. That early goal definitely stunted things for them because I think that they were able to put LFC under a little bit of pressure. But the fact that LFC had that early goal in their back pocket, they were like, well, if you guys want to press, we're more than happy to go long. And they were able to go long, go long. And then as RSL said, okay, they can't, we can't just allow Carlos Vela to be one-on-one with, a, with our outside back or with our center back. They had to draw back a little more, and then that's when you saw LAFC kind of settle into their game where there was passes through the middle. And then if there was turnovers, there was the ability to basically re- recoup the ball and do that. And that's where I feel like the game, I even wrote in the takeaways, I think around the 39th minute, the game kind of turned into what LAFC would want the game to be, where it was, we'll play on the ground through the middle. If we lose it, Latif. Edward Lee get at them and then they kind of they kind of bent the game at their will from there on out and I feel like from there it looked very comfortable. I mean both of us were watching it from screen. So it's yeah. It's a little it's a little bit difficult to get the vibe but it felt like by halftime it seemed like it was LAFC's to lose to be honest and and RSL made one little bit of a push. Pablo makes a great save and for the from there I think LAFC that goes right back to what they were doing. There you go. Couple things. Another great turnout from the visiting support. You could see them there on the upper deck on the, the, the mountainside of the stadium, on the Wasatch. Excellent to hear to see and hear. You can hear him crystal clear throughout that game as well. And it was the introduction of Fito Celaya. Yeah. Five, six minutes. Didn't do much. Didn't touch the ball until he got the free kick. And Carlos Vela he puts the ball down, points it, and he, deliver, he thumps one that uh, is put in by Dio. 
I did botch that call. Call. I didn't because bo- did, the flag was kind of up, and we have a guy there who's supposed to tell it's us tough. it's a goal. Yeah. There's a guy called a red hat. He goes, he didn't say anything. I'm listening, and so I said, all right, he's probably offside. So we did that. But see, I'm fessing up. It's uh, crystal clear. But that's, let's 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 sweep that under the rug. And uh, did his run up different foot? But did his run up remind you of anybody taking free kicks? Oh. We said this in the office, right? Right. Yes. When we saw it. Yes. Who was it? Who? Brazilian. Oh, is it Roberto Carlos? Yeah, yeah. that that. Remember, he always said that really yeah, long right. run. It was very cool. So I went. Uh, you could see the power of Fito on our social media. They put the highlight of the go- not the goal, but the ball hitting the post, and it got incredible traction. I went on Instagram, and I I must have saw a thousand, if not more, El Salvadorian flags as an emoji on all these points, and it's very cool because we know. The significance of him playing because there is a community there that wants to see him get there. And there's a club that wants to see him get there. I would obviously this pump the brakes a little bit. It's a good development. Yes. But this is a slow burn, if you will. But for him to get that, it's obviously for the purse, the player, it's huge. And for the club as well, you get the idea maybe in eight days and Salvadoran community get out there. Everyone get out there to Bank of California Stadium on Thursday. Tickets available. Let's get let's fill that place up and let's push the team on to the next round. You might see Fito Zelaya, but it was good. It was a it was a very small sample size, but he had one chance to prove something and he delivered. Yeah, I mean it's kind of nice. Look, it, you, like you said, it's gonna be a process. Is he gonna start the next match? Absolutely not. I mean, is he even gonna go thirty minutes in the next match? I don't even think that. I, no. I think he's he's still got a little Depending ways on the result. Little ways to go, but it's nice to see that in a moment that is given to him. I mean, he's lining it up with Carlos Vela. And you can see Carlos look at him and go, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, have, have a moment. That says a lot about Carlos. Maybe we shouldn't, uh, that's no minor detail. I mean, who knows where that came That's probably came from Carlos. We'll have to ask him. Yeah. That he said, yeah, do it. We're up. And, and why not? Have a moment. I mean, it's from a distance. And he's just like, hey, well, let's see what you can do. Good teammate. And just the fact that he puts in that quality, I mean, that just shows you that, yeah, there's something to build on. But, yes, let's let's be careful. Um, I, I do know that, look, Fito is signed for multiple years. So it's not like we're just like, hey, get everything out this year. Let's we, let's see it all this year. So and he gets it. He's not. You don't see yeah. the guy pressing and being a, a bad dude. I want to play. He knows it's a process too. If you see him at training, you'll see that, and it's a breath of fresh air, sir. Yeah, he comes here with a smile on his face. He trains. Uh, we every once in a while ask him to do little media hits here. More than happy to do it straight off the pitch. Actually, prefers to do it straight off the pitch, um, and has been gracious about everything. And it just you can the excitement in him has been palpable. So I can only imagine what it was like for him to actually step on the field. And then to hit that and to come off. And he's, I feel like he's only going to be able to build off that. I just got a great idea. Are you, you going to share it or is it going to be a secret? Let's get Fito on the pod. Oh, what we're going gonna to put your uh, translation no, skills to the we're test. We're not going to talk about the game, so we'll just talk to him. Yeah. Say hello, Fito. Maybe we'll ask about that free kick. We can all make right, it that's, happen. That's, 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 all right, yeah, we're going we're gonna to make that happen. Everything we've asked him to do, he's been very, very, Excellent. very forthright about. All right. Okay, so uh, we'll put that there. Again, Thursday... What is the date on that? It's the is that, uh, 20th. The 20th. 7.30. Thursday the 20th, 7.30, Bank of California Stadium, LAFC. You get to see Carlos Vela. You get to possibly see Fito Celaya. You get to see Matias Almeida on the sideline uh, for the San well, Jose And let's stress this. General admission. So, so you, you buy it, your ticket you and you get anywhere. there early and you get in the gates and if you want to go to the front row of the east side and sit right at the middle of the pitch and no one is there yet, that is your seat. And I will tell you this, it is a different game on that level. 
when you get to watch it from that level, I still think the best place to watch a game is maybe one level up if you want to yep. see the whole field. But just to, to to hear the talking, sit there, yeah, hear the kind of the back and forth, hear the players, well, you know what they're saying to each other, get the vibe, hear the sounds of the ball. It's a different game. Yeah, I got to sit there during the preseason, uh, specifically the Atlanta preseason game. It was fascinating because there's all these big-name players out there, and you could hear that conversation, and you could sit with a lot of people and have those conversations about their conversations. It's cool, so check that out. This is Inside LAFC. Coming up, we're going to, A, talk to general manager, amongst many other titles, John Thorrington. We'll also have a Gold Cup preview. It begins this weekend. We will preview how we think, maybe have a little prediction along the way, and then we'll just talk about all things good LAFC. This is Inside LAFC with Max and Vince. All right, welcome back to Inside LAFC. We are thrilled to welcome in, for the first time, not the last, our general manager, John Thorrington. Hello, John. Hi, Gus. How's it going? Oh, Very we have well. some good questions for you. Okay. Stop looking at my pad. Sorry. <laughs> cheat, cheating. <laughs> cheat, cheat. Hey, you know, we were just talking about the Open Cup, though, and it was a, it was a great performance from LAFC. Just want to get your thoughts. I, I know we've spoken to Bob about the importance of adding a trophy case, but your philosophy on this tournament for LAFC. I think you've heard it said by consistently through the organization that anything we're in, we want to win. And we feel like we have constructed a squad that can compete on multiple fronts. This year, it's a bit different relative to last year because we actually we have a lighter league schedule in these opening rounds, which enabled us to play as close to a you know our strongest group as possible. But even having said that, we start to see some of the depth where you know Pablo has a fantastic game, Lee gets a goal. Fito gets his minutes. Tristan's adding to his uh, to his experience, and you know to go to Salt Lake and win three zero is not an easy task. And I think we we certainly are proud of the performance and showed uh, to everybody how seriously we we will continue to take the Open Cup. Uh, I, I want to talk about it later, but you just mentioned his name. How have you viewed? He's just played a few minutes, but the phenomenon of Fito, just how what he brings to it, because I saw after he hit that free kick, we had a video clip of him on there, and then it was thousands of Salvadorian flags. So how have you viewed that? Well, so to the frustration of some in our organization, I, I'm not on social media. So I don't, That's a mistake. I, don't, I don't see it firsthand, but I certainly get wind of it after it happens. And... So to, if I'm going back to when we were signing him, the reason I am aware of this is when we signed him, the El Salvadoran League changed their schedule for a farewell game for him. So we needed him here on, call it a, if I have my days of the week right, on a Thursday. But they said, oh, well, Alianza has a game on Thursday. And I said, look, we need to do the meta. We need to do everything. And they said, okay. And they changed his game. The whole league changed the game for the night before so that he could go and say his – he didn't even play. He just went on the field to say farewell. So I, um, it still somehow does surprise us, but he is uh, an absolute legend in, uh, in the El Salvador community. You won't have community. to pay for a dinner any time you go to Ever. San Salvador. You're yes. in, or even in some of the local communities here. I hope Ever. that's right. <laughs> well, we, we made nice. We did the easy questions. Yeah, those uh, are nice but informative. Let's get some dirt here. Yeah, I mean, John, this time of year is – What's funny is, and I always ask this to you, like, are you busier this time of year? And you said, well, why would it just be this time of year? 
Um, and I think that's one important key thing to point out. Obviously, the window is coming open with the cell of Andre Horta as well, that we've really rolled it into like a big deal mm-hmm. media-wise. However, yeah. for you, tell us a little bit about like where you're, you're at in the season and, and just how it's not extra busy. This is the same process that you're going to be in anyways. Yes, I do. I, I will say that when you get to deadlines and you know it's less the opening of the window more the close of the window when you're trying to get deals done the, the most obvious example we had of that was last year when we were bringing in Lee and Dio right at the the deadline and I was afraid the guys would go to sleep in Europe and forget and we'd miss the deadline so there is some urgency that comes when you have these dates opening and closing but I think to your point our our process is not reactionary. It's not reactionary to these dates, but it's a thorough and deliberate process to be prepared when these things come up because you don't, you know, if the deal wasn't right for Andre, then that spot's not open, but you have to have these contingency plans in place uh, well ahead of when, when the window's open because, you know, you never want to be in a, in a position where, as I say, you're scouting on a reactionary basis or desperate basis. Uh, with Andre Horta... If this was a club in a different league, and you obviously have the aspirations that LAFC does, he could he could go there and be a luxury player when you need him. Under the circumstance here, a move had to be made to free up that designated player spot. But when you look at Andre Horta, and I know I talked a little bit with you before we started here on the air, it, it didn't work out for him, but it not necessarily was because of the player. This was kind of the the systematic thing of other players that were ahead of him. Yeah, I think when you evaluate each player's situation, as we do on a case-by-case basis, particularly with a player who has international interest like Andre did and has, what I would say is certainly that the opportunity came up. It was the right economic move for LAFC, and it was the right move. It's a good deal for Brog. It's a good deal for LAFC, and as we do as human beings, you take the player and the person into account and all of the things align, which makes the decision a bit easier. When those things don't align, it's a lot, it's a lot more difficult. But what I would, what I hope is not lost in this is it's not that Andre is not a good player. And when he played for us, he showed signs that I think everybody recognized that. But what is a real uh, statement's not the right word, but an observation, I hope people know uh, something people that is noteworthy is that the players that are playing have done such a fantastic job that despite Andre's incredible level of talent and even when he played showing signs, the level of our midfield last year and particularly this year where it's gone to a whole nother level is that that for me is not the whole story but certainly is part of the story. Do you find that to be somewhat of a evolution in MLS circles because we always talk about how like if an owner is going to put out that money and he's going to say, okay, I trust you. This is the guy. There's times where we've, we've seen it where these guys, they're forced to play regardless, even if the team is doing well. I mean, a lot of times they forced to play and the team's just kind of middling. Um, but is that kind of an evolution? Cause you've talked about it. our ownership gives you the will, the ability to go out and make those big signings. But then they also say after you've done it, they trust you. Yeah. I, I can't, speak more highly of the leadership we have from from Tom our the rest of our of our ownership group they trust the people they've hired to do their jobs and that's all we can ask certainly they like explanations of why things but they're also no dummies they see what I just explained that 
you know, if we were struggling and we, there was this desperate need, you know, got to get him in, that, that would be a part of the conversation. But they are observant and there's a reason why they've had so much success. They see these things and that dynamic that I explained is, um, is certainly uh, visible to them. I, I want to ask this question because it kind of opens up to the next. But when, when you look at, I remember when I spoke to you about when you got Andre Horta, this was a groundbreaking move to get a young player in his prime, a star player from Europe to come to Major League Soccer. That usually was a path you didn't go. The success rate has come from South America. When you think about that, and would that discourage you from, is Europe still an open, fertile ground for you guys to recruit in, or is, is, does it start to tilt towards South America, Central America? I think it's, it's, again, it's case by case, and Andre was unique, and I would still say that. I think there are a couple other examples. You can look at Rusnak maybe in Salt yeah. Lake as a player who, but a player to come from Benfica, who's had Champions League experience at his age with the, with the, the offers we had to fight off to get him. And it, so I do think it was, if not unique, then rare. What we have found great success in South America, but I do not think that means that precludes us from having future success um, in Europe. The reality of the global market is usually like for like, it's more expensive in Europe, but maybe you are paying for somebody's Champions League experience playing for Benfica at 18 years old. So there, there's a reason for that, uh, for that difference in valuation. You just hope that you're not just paying an inflated price simply because of a nationality. Well, and talk about, I think one of the reasons why I really wanted to, to bring you on here and talk about, it, obviously rumors are fun. Names are fun. People, people would love it if you splash a name right now, but we don't. I don't really want that from you because they're all true. They're all true. Well, then <laughs> there you go. All of them. We can we can wrap it up right there. <laughs> Hold on a second. They're yeah. all true. I mean, the, all true. but but to me, uh, in just with the little bit of inside knowledge I have of the club, I mean, I, and you said this to us before we were on air, like these the day after Andre or even the day of Andre gets sold, obviously a big name comes up, and. Can you give can you give people since you're not on social media can you help them out a little bit and maybe give them a little primer on like what they should be looking for because that to me is already a red flag the fact that just cuz a spot open and a name no not even that just yeah. cuz a spot open and a name came available because I know for one that you guys and you've said this publicly there's a list of players that you're always keeping an eye on it's not like you're like oh guys we have a dp spot right now yeah, so yeah. can you kind of give them maybe a primer of what they should look for in rumors no, I, no. Rumors, rumors are exactly that. They're rumors. I do think the interesting part of that is I think how widespread rumors get. The positive to that is how the fact that people are talking about it, thinking about it, I see that as a hugely positive thing. Now, the fun that you guys have on social media reading these things, it's not fun for my phone. No. <laughs> the day that it comes and you're getting these, you know, I represent the – and it's um, – it's a bit overwhelming at times, but you know I think it's a you see it in other sports. You see the level of interest in free agent season in in the NBA in uh, and various and the other U.S. sports. So I th I do see that as a positive. To your point of of the list and the database, you know these are not decisions again that are made on a reactionary basis. We have to have per position. You know if we if a spot opens and owners give us the budget to do this this is the guy we'd go for in this position if we sell that guy that you know so you have to have these in order to succeed you have to have these contingency plans in place the vast majority of those go nowhere but I'll give an example of Dio D 
Dio is one of the first names that was raised in July of 17. It was probably the first time, if I would, I need my notes to know exactly, but call it summer. Very soon after Bob came, first guy, one of the first guys, number nine, guy we like, okay, wasn't possible, wasn't possible, wasn't possible, and then all of a sudden, it hits, right? And, and the oppor- the, then the window opens, not, not the transfer, the door opens, and it's okay, it's an opportunistic time. But we'd done all the work before, and so we were in a position to move quickly. I would never advise our ownership spending money or taking our budget space or on something that we didn't weren't diligent on. That would be completely irresponsible of me. So these are all to 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 in a long-winded way of answering your question. We have to be prepared well ahead of the sale, well ahead of um, these spots opening up in order for us to make wise decisions. Very nimble and prepared all the time, and that means you cast nimble is a good word. You have to cast a huge net here with with players. So just with the, that process and being able to know, all right, here's a guy playing at Atletico Huila, we might be interested. Here's a guy playing at Louisville City, we might be interested that you bring it at playing it at Benfica. How, how do you how do you uncomplicate that thing in a world a sport where it's played worldwide, where you're able to locate those guys regardless of where they play? It's difficult. Certainly, and it's the world of global football. I mean, it is, it's, you know, it goes on every continent, and we are a club that wants to be, you know, turning over every, every stone. We don't, you know, no stone left unturned. We want, we, we're open to anything that's, that's, you know, USL, that's free agency, that's expansion draft, that's European star, that's South American up and coming. So we certainly have, have a, utilized every mechanism uh, and avenue to to acquire our players and it's a very thorough process where you know we get a name or we see a player it goes from a a thin slice first conversation and then it literally moves through a step-by-step chain before it goes um, you know you start I over I use the term funnel far too often but it starts with a very wide funnel of players, and it starts with uh, oh, this guy from everything from a recommendation from a trusted source, our scout in South America, thin sliced, and then it goes down, and and then by the time it is got, it gets to the final decision on let's make a move or make an offer, it has gone through about five to six steps depending on how the, where the player came from before we're even there. The one uh, one of the many benefits of Bob and Bob is in we 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 everything is is done on a collaborative basis is he is very attuned to what he wants and what we want as a club to where we're not just saying ah oh, that's a good wide player we're saying that's a good wide player it doesn't fit us and this is the very strict criteria which we literally have mapped out we send to our scouts that says how does he score on all these different things then it gets to to Bob to myself Mike Sorber and these guys, and we have that last little powwow to say yes, and we'll go see him live and whatever. So there's a very systematic process in no, place. No square pegs in a circle hole by any means. Correct. It's got to it's got to fit. Well, it's something that actually I, I've had a few conversations with some of the guys around here that maybe gets lost, and it's something you kind of brought up when we were talking off air, and you're like, you know, it's kind of boring. This process is kind of boring. I know it's exciting for people on social media, but it's kind of boring. And one of the things that I, I talked with someone that I kind of had to be indoctrinated. Can I clarify? 
It's not. I don't find it boring. I, <laughs> what, I, what I often say is I won't bore you with the details, mm-hmm. and the, the mistake I'm making is actually people find the details interesting. Right. Yeah. You're, you have that look in your eye where we could tell you are fascinated by I every love step. The hunt. You're in the right place. Well, I think that's, a, that's where I'm trying to go with the meticulousness in, in what you say with Bob. And, and one thing that I thought, I always thought that, you know, got ex-pros or coaches, they use a, a certain language, and it, it was kind of to keep guys like me and Max out. Like, this is what we say. <laughs> huh? But you guys, you could, you just brought it up. How important it is to know exactly when you say a wide forward or you say, I will need a guy that can do this. I mean, talk to us about how important language is because there is a disconnect a lot of times between now you got like data analysts, you got agents, you got scouts, and you got a head coach. And a lot of times they don't, they're, not, they're saying one word, but they're not all saying the same thing. Yeah. So why it's important is so if, if I were to say internally, the people who are involved in our scouting process, we have. Victor, who is in Montevideo. We have Juan Pablo Angel, who's in Colombia. We have David Cameron, who's here. We have Will Kuntz, who's here. We have Max, who is here. Myself, Mike, our technical staff, Bob, um, Chris Shamides, who's Cal State LA's head coach, who does scouting for us. So there are a lot of people involved in that. And if there is a disconnect in one step of that chain, it's broken. Wow. So uh, our vocabulary, everything is important so that you can clarify exactly what you mean so you're not speaking past each other. And a, 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 another example of that is part of the reason why we have our academy uh, leadership, the, uh, Todd and Enrique, in with the first team staff is so that they can even just use the same words when they're the same vocabulary when they're coaching our academy kids so that when they get on the field and we're talking about inside passing or foot, whatever it might be, that there's a specificity and a clearly understood meaning behind everything. It's critical. Seamless, really, so they can go. I'm curious about the because we've had such success in South America. You mentioned Victor in Montevideo, uh, connected to Diego Rossi and Juan Pablo in Colombia, and obviously with the arrival of Atuesta and Segura, who I would imagine weren't on a lot of radars. I mean, this was next level scouting. Is that fair to say? With because anyone, any team, I can imagine would want one of those guys because they they're so good at, at an early age and not going to demand the huge payrolls that certain yeah, no, stars think- of their quality would. Yes, I would say having people on the ground gives us a depth of analysis uh, that is is certainly very helpful in, in identifying the right players because it's not always easy to translate how Atletico Wheela is playing to Bank of California State. So it's not easy, but having guys on the ground, it's almost like it is literally like translating. And to have guys that are adept at that has been very helpful. It's, it, but it's, you mentioned the two guys, but how extensive is that scouting beyond from where you guys talk to them to that in South America where everyone's being looked with a fine-toothed comb? Yeah, I think – and look, we're not the only ones down there. Sure, yeah. um, and I think you know, Europe, European teams have multiple people based in these countries for them to, as their own scouts. So it is identifying – the right thing, you know, Edward was not playing in the position that he plays for with us. Uh, the way Eddie's team played in Colombia, which was a sort of bottom of the table team and does not play like we play. So it's, it's difficult. You know, it's, it's, um, you guys knew though, you saw that. Well, we, you we, said we, that, uh, we hope, we, yes, uh, we, we, we certainly looked at it and we saw enough of the traits that we said, um, let's take a run at this and then the other part of it is we say man first player second and to have people that 
can give me a character reference from Diego Ross from when he was nine years old, <laughs> that's, that's really helpful. And a guy who can tell me what, you know, what Edward's like. I've met Edward's parents for the first time maybe two weeks ago. They came to L.A. and it's exactly what I was told, you know, and you, when you can sit down with these kids, they're kids at that age, and you sit them, you look in the eye, and you, you get the right feel, and it's backed up by this diligent uh, this diligence we do, uh, it's certainly, as I say, not a 100% hit rate, but you just want to increase your probability for success. That's fascinating. It really is. Yeah, I mean, bring, I, I think that kind of, and I want to thank you, John, for your, for your time. Always um, and your pleasure. frankness. And your frankness. And I, I, I want to I kind of wrap it on here because you brought up a good point um, and something that I want to touch on that we rarely do. What is it like in the dressing room these times of years? Because these guys are human beings. Um, what it, we always talk about transfer season as the guys coming in, guys going out, and they're almost commodities. But can you tell us just to kind of round it out? And you can take this any way you want, whether it's a guy coming in or uh, maybe a player that thinks they might be going out. What is it like in the dressing room so that when fans see these rumors, they can know that like there's faces behind these things? Yeah, I, I do think it's an interesting one because I think usually the public-facing life of an athlete is heavily weighted to when things are going well. So fans don't see uh, Javi Perez has just gone down with a season-ending ACL injury. People don't, that's not, you know, we say Javi Perez is injured. But like the, the day, the, the roller coaster of that light, like we, we basically turn off the cameras when it goes below a certain point. And so you're right, they are human beings uh, behind that. What I would say is I am appropriately a bit sep not separated from our locker I'm not in our locker room all the time. What I can say is that I get a real sense, which I can't say was a very common thing when I was playing, a real sense of a togetherness of a group that is reflected in how they play. And I think huge credit, as much credit as I could possibly give to our coaches, our sports science staff, everything about how, you know, players want to know that we care and they want to feel valued. And there are numerous ways you can show them. The easy thing is, oh, I'm going to pay you. And, and that's, that's a part of it. And we get that. But the care our coaches, our strength conditioning uh, coaches have, our medical side, the care that they take to make each player better, I think that is what our locker room benefits from and is feeling. I don't think down there, and given the success of the team, I don't think there are people walking around in a state of paranoia thinking, um, you know, I'm, my head's on the chopping block. We don't act that way. And I think, you know, as I say, with anything incoming, outgoing, we, we always do our best to take the player and his situation, his family, et cetera, into account when we make these decisions. I've been in a, a lot of teams and, and locker rooms, and that, that that you feel that sense here certainly, and it is a family feel. And I, to your point, like no one, there's not that concern. There's not that head on a swivel mm -hmm. from players or anyone involved with the club. Uh, I wanted. To, I know last season when we talked to you and Bob, the word expansion team was kind of like let's not describe it too much. Uh, with Atlanta and LAFC, it was skewered about how expansion teams uh, uh, approach this. Now with Cincinnati coming in, they look like what you're normal expansion team would. Uh, the fanfare we'll see with Miami and Nashville, maybe they're more traditional expansion teams. When you look at that that tag, and how, how quickly did you jettison it, or did you jettison it to make sure that this is a team that, and you did everything in, in your power to hit the ground running? Yeah, what, one thing I would say that we greatly benefited from is 
I was here two years before we kicked the ball on MLS, and that was not a let's just sit back and observe. Like, I was asked this question uh, when I joined, like, when when do you think would be enough time? And I'm like, yesterday. Like, there's there was never felt like there was enough time. But for us and other, you know, Cincinnati, the, the challenge, ironically, of having your own team before you come in. So us in Atlanta didn't have that. And that's a part of it, that you can just focus on your entry into MLS. And, you know, Minnesota had an existing uh, existing team. Cincinnati did as well. So I can't help but think your focus, you can't be quite as focused um, with to trying to run down concurrent paths. For me, the idea of expansion is it was the hardest thing, is that there was literally nothing here, but it was the most exciting thing. If I can be arrogant about one thing, it's about hiring well, because when you're starting something fresh, the decisions you make at ground level affect the whole building. Sure. And if you get those wrong, you're either tearing it up and starting a new building, or you're just like hoping a leaning tower of Pisa manages to stay <laughs> stay upright. But for still upright, by the way, the it is tower, still there. Um, it is an anomaly, though. But <laughs> I I think you know it, w- and it was a very thorough process. I benefit greatly from leadership above me, the wisdom of our owners, of Tom, of helping uh, guide the process, etc. Certainly, Bob was big. Carlos. All the things at the beginning um, helped lay the foundation for what our goal was, which is sustainable success. And I think we can all feel comfortable we're, we're on our path there. We still have not won anything yet. And one thing that we that Atlanta has done that we haven't, they have an MLS Cup. We don't. And that's certainly our aim and ambition. You started with Open Cup. We're in it to win that. We're in it to win MLS Cup and uh, feel incredibly proud of the job that the staff and the players have done you, you can't beat that that that's, was great that's that's it's how good you wrap to have it. a clean slate but you better hit that slate when it's clean <laughs> all right john thanks as we always like to our guests here we like to give them with a, a parting gift i want to give you this this no. my old airpods your old ones <laughs> they're probably broken. still functioning no so you walk no around way. and make those calls no to, to get that next dp whenever no you social decide media to do it. Right. no we'll have to tell we'll have to tell the story about <laughs> he, when i walk John, with the airpods John he looks at me AirPods so he calls later. me Air, just you. Airbud anybody is my nickname. that walks around when they're not actually on a call with airbuds and you're like you're talking to me on the phone but that's why you should have Let's a pair because you could not have them on and someone goes hey i want to talk to you about i'm, so a man I'm of, on the phone i'm a man of the people max unlike you he's a nice guy I run. I'm no. I'm, I'm an sob. I run away from it. All right, but John, that was awesome. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. Thanks for being again with your frankness. Just being a good dude. No, you got it. You guys are great. Uh, it's my pleasure. All right. Uh, coming up, we have our Gold Cup preview here on Inside LAFC. You're gonna want to hear that too. Time now for our official Gold Cup preview for Inside LAFC. And here we are. It's going to begin this week. It begins at the Rose Bowl. Uh, I'll be out there, <laughs> not for the whole both games, but I'll be out there for a little bit. And come and say hello. I'll be roaming around with a giant USA hat. No, Like one of the, like Uncle Sam. There's no USA playing there. Which was, maybe I can wear a Canadian hat. Yeah, don't, don't uh, get yourself killed, Max. No. Uh, Martinique, Cuba, Canada, Mexico are the four teams. So as you can imagine, the second half of the double is going to be packed. So 
we'll go here. This is a, a tournament. It's the first time there's 16 teams in it. It goes up from 12. That's really pressed the competition, but every, every tournament's getting bigger this day. It's just, you know, you got to keep up with the Joneses. This allows teams like Bermuda, uh, Curacao to get in it. Martinique's actually been there a lot over the years. Nicaragua, which is generally a baseball country, but they're trying to push soccer a little bit more there. It's good to have them. There's going to be some blowouts, or maybe there won't be because the top-tier teams are not as good as you'd expect. Mexico's looked really good in their build-up with Tata Martino. The U.S., not so much. Not so much. Costa Rica, Honduras is another is, is, is a mess right now. And then the Costa Rica's team, you do well. I think they're going to be good, not as good as we've seen them maybe in past years. Jamaica, they're at the, at the end of their cycle, kind of. They're at the end of their cycle. So I, I don't want to poo-poo on the tournament. I think it's still going to be good. There's going to be a lot of good, talented players there. It just opens the door, certainly, for Mexico and the United States to have that success. You're going to have some – there might be a, a surprise team. I think Canada's a team we like to see. But when I look closely enough, I still don't see – they have Mark Anthony K. Obviously, I don't see a team that – just blows you out of the water here, talent-wise. They're still a ways off, but probably progressing in the right direction, which I think is a positive. And there you have it. So I think you're going to get to these group stages. There are going to be some blowouts, but it'll be it'll pay off down the stretch. I'll give you my prediction. We'll, we'll share that as well with you. But we have four LAFC players. I think all four will play somewhat of a role. Walker Zimmerman, who didn't allow a goal when he came on the field against Venezuela. So there you go. So maybe Walker Zimmerman. Tyler Miller, probably not, but he is there, which is great news. And then you have Peter Lee Vassell, who looked great for Jamaica when they played the United States. Again, it wasn't a it wasn't a game for the Louvre by any means. And then finally, Mark Anthony Kay will probably play as much as he possibly can, barring any injury or suspension issues for Canada as a left back. So there you go. Why'd your head to go down? Oh, nothing. I just, Mark is a left back. Yeah. Okay. He's approaching it with the right, uh, the right way. He's in there, but let can we'll we just let's just start with Canada since I've right. already dumped on their parade. But and I I'm very excited for Mark. I know he's very hyped to be in this. So if he hears us talking about this, Mark, I I hope that you do very well. I, I think that you can do some nice things from left back. I just when I look at Canada, I see a lot of nice players. I see some guys that maybe could be very good players. Um, you know, Mark is kind of on the cusp of being a very, very good player. Uh, Alfonso Davies, obviously. But you just you see like a collection of guys with no real cohesion. And, and if you're playing Mark Anthony yep. K at left back, I just feel like that is gonna that is basically telling me all I need to know. You haven't found the right system yet that you can fit the best guys into their best positions. And you're just kind of saying, well, we can't not have Mark on the pitch, so let's put him at left back. And it just it doesn't it doesn't jive with me, and yeah. I don't think it's the way to have a successful team. Do you think he should be ahead of those guys that are there? I mean, Jonathan Osorio is one of the guys that he's competing in that that central midfield role. Samuel Piet, who I think he, I mean, that's a guy who is there for a specific role to win ball to, for lack of a better expression, destroy the attack of the other team. And obviously, they'll look they're just looking to get through behind Mexico, I would think, and. I think it was at Atiba Hutchinson. Is he? Is he? Yeah, he's still around. He's still there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think with Osorio, I think you give him because of the, the the amount of time he has played there. I think you give him the first dibs. I think K kind of go too. But you would say based on, on how he's played. on form, it's got to be yeah. Mark Anthony K right. starting in that midfield and, and being a leader in that midfield. I mean, it's something that he every single challenge they have presented to him here at LFC is taken on and he's and he's exceeded expectations. I don't think it's going to change just because he's with Canada and. We've talked about it. He's been very diplomatic, 
very good job, very Canadian. Um, in, He's in saying, the best to talk to. And saying, you know, these guys have kind of, while he was injured, these guys kind of formed a partnership. Fair. But, man, he's, I'm sorry, on form alone, he's better than Osorio. Look, Piet, what it, you want him to be a destroyer ball winner. There's no reason why Mark Anthony K, K can't yeah. be that, plus give you the added upside. So, I think you're right. Canada slots in and second in that group. The, the way these groups are, they're top heavy easily. So, it's kind of easy to pick who's going to probably go through. Uh, but it, it, when it come, when push comes to shove and you need to be on the front foot and, and show the impetus, again, if you're playing Mark Anthony K left back, it just it doesn't work for me. By the way, uh, I've interviewed a lot of uh, players, athletes from all sports. Mark Anthony K is already at the top 1% of guys I interview because there's no cliches. He speaks in truth in every way, even though sometimes it's best to peel it back. It's just how he communicates, and it's a breath of fresh air. So uh, we wish him the best of luck. So Mexico, probably they're the team to beat. Based on this buildup, you don't want to look at friendlies too much. They just yeah. look great. And the coach, what can you say, Tata Martino, gets results. And he gets results for countries in this, these kind of situations. You think about Paraguay in the World Cup of 2010, making the quarterfinals and all pushing Spain, who eventually win it. He just excels in these kind of World Cups when he brings teams together. And I think that's going to pay off in a big way. Mexico uh, will win the competition if you ask me. And I think if you ask a lot of people. Yeah, he's a, a coach with definite ideas, uh, with the willingness and strength to push back on the Mexican media and the, the Mex- even the Mexican Federation itself, right? We've always heard these stories about kind of the way the Fe- Federation kind of tries to micromanage from, from afar. I don't think they're going to be able to do that with Tata Martino. Because out of the gates, he basically said, like, I'm the coach. I picked the team. Don't don't go anywhere else. This is buck stops it here. Should be. And he and he was out front with it. And I bet you even some people probably sat back and were like, oh yeah, well we'll see. Well, it looks like he is the boss and he's running the show and he's got the team looking good and they have ideas. Again, this is this is my thing with Canada. I just don't think they have ideas of what they want to be. Tata has come in there in a short amount of time and said, look, I'm without Carlos Vela. I know that. I've been, he's been in constant contact with Carlos, so he's kind of he's known to plan for these things. And I think the other players as well, the guys that are Hector Herrera that's going to be out, you know, Leun that's going to be out. I think he's no, Tecatito. Yeah, that's the, a tough way to start, but he did it. But he's really adapted and said, "All right, we'll, we'll get these guys." And when Carlos Vela didn't want to go, I'm not. He goes, "Let the kids have a go." He's letting the kids have a go, and yeah. they're looking very, they're looking prepared, if nothing else. Look, when you bring in a guy like Uriel and Tuna, who look, he plays down south. We. Don't want, player, Wait, don't want to cheer for him, but he is a good player, and he, he brings them and he gives them the freedom, and everyone goes, ah, it looks like he's going to make the team, and then he initially gets cut. And, and Tata says, well, you know, I, he did good things, but he's not, he's not going to make it, but he's my first replacement. Now he is on the team because of injuries. He just It seems like he gives these guys, he tells these guys exactly what he wants to see from them, exactly what, why they may not be on the team and what he wants to see going forward, and then now he gets on the team. He's, it's not like it's going to be a drop-off. He's just going to know what to do. Mm. Maybe he was available for the United States at one point, but uh, his candidacy was quelled because of language and a few other things. We won't dwell on that too much. Yeah, we could uh, spend a whole podcast on that. We spoke Canada. You want to uh, let's quickly touch on Jamaica because of Peter Lee Vassell. He proved he could be a really influential player in the midfield with a lot of freedom to to move around. They have they've made some good runs in this competition. They made the final last time around and the time before. and the time before they lost. To Mexico, they lost to the United States, so they feel like they're one of the favorites. Talent-wise, good, still lacking some spots, but they work hard. And Peter Levasse, you wouldn't think, is one of the more important players of the tournament, but he just might be if Jamaica makes a run based on the position he plays. So I think if as an LAC fan, you could watch his development. This could be one of the, the more uh, 
compelling things that we see in the Gold Cup. Yeah, I'm excited to see Peter. There wasn't much space in this midfield right now, right? Because you had Lee coming back, and Lee was he was looking very strong in training. So why not let Peter go to an international competition where he's going to gain more experience? I'd say one of the biggest things for Jamaica is going to be that home game. First time that, that, that two a game, home games in Jamaica, two home games, two games in Costa Rica. In yeah, the group. that a game is going to be played outside the United States for the Gold Cup. Uh, we talked to Peter. He's very, very excited to play in front of the home crowd. Um, and he, he mentioned it too, with the two finals. I said, you know, you guys have come so close. What would it mean to you to kind of push Jamaica over the top? And he, it, it would be the world. And they believe that they can do it. I mean, and I, they beat the U.S. They, they did. Build up. I mean, U.S. did not seem to be very bothered by that. But I, I would say I didn't think Jamaica really even got out of second gear either, no, to be no, fair. It wasn't, it, it wasn't a spellbinding football by any means. It was pretty industrious. And they got a result. I, they, I don't think they felt that pushed either. They got the goal, and they weren't really threatened no. too many times. So there you have it. So that's going to be nice. Jakey, as uh, his friends call him. Hey, I'm pulling for him. And we'll see him I'm at Bank, Cal- Bank California Stadium, so I'm very Correct. excited to see him there. I will be there. You will be there. Uh, we, we're very excited to see Peter Lee Vasso. He's a fun, fun guy. USA, let's talk about them. Obviously, very disappointing buildup, uh, embarrassing buildup in, in cases. But these are friendlies. I think you have to remind yourself as frustrated as you get, as outplayed as the team gets, and a lot of the key players – haven't gotten there, and they just have better players than almost every team. They might have the best talent on paper when it's all there and healthy for this specific competition. They have a lot to overcome. It's frustrating because we hear from Greg Berhalter and others that, hey, this is a process, and we're not there yet fitness-wise, et cetera, and we're like, whoa. (laughs) I think you go back for a year where you didn't hire a coach. This is starting to manifest itself. This is what happens when teams are just nowhere near – to uh, as well smooth as an oiled machine as you would like. So that's something you got to take. The World Cup is obviously the big, the World Cup qualifying, the World Cup is the big target. But as it, it comes to this team, eyes will be on Christian Pulisic. A few other guys around them, the McKennies, uh, Tyler Adams won't be there now, but there'll be some guys that should be able to push them forward. I think it's going to be at times a little bit uncomfortable in some games, but I think they'll find a way. Yeah, and I think I, we can mask a few of their uh, shortcomings. It's top heavy again. They have enough quality that they should be able to get by, guys. Look, they're going to play Guyana in the first game. They're going to win that game. My worry is this: it's that the thing that you brought up. You spent one year just lost. You, 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 yeah, that's lost. that's a lost year completely. And then Greg Berhalter comes in, who uh, who I, I like the things he's saying. I like the things he's doing. And you think again, you think he has a plan. And then these last two games, it feels like what happened to the plan. Like, it's all gone. Wasn't You're working. kind of relying on Tyler Adams, which you would have known coming into camp. We knew that he was had a slight knock because they tried to rush him into that German Cup game at the end of the season. So you already knew you may, may, may not get 100% Tyler Adams either way. And it seemed like you were kind of banking on having that. McKinney's another guy who seems to be somewhat injury-prone. Didn't really... Hasn't excited. Didn't really emerge yet, especially in those games. You're like, oh, I'm looking for a hero, and there were none to be had. You're looking for ideas. You're looking for connections. I don't see. I just don't see any connections and ideas on the pitch no between these players. It seems like we're we're going to rely on the sheer uh, gap in quality that we're going to have between teams. Which, again, that's what I think. It'll probably get them to the final. But will it be convincing? Will we all be happy? It's you know, it's going to be sad. Is they might win the the gold cup, and they might even do it. Convincing. They might. Or I wouldn't say convincingly. They might even do it somewhat easily, but it's not going to. In no way will it be convincing. I think two years ago, when it wasn't fully loaded, it, it gave this false sense for the U.S. to win that. 
because it, it made you feel, all right, they won the Gold Cup, things are going to be well. Things were not well, and you got to be careful of having those masking agents, I think, because you need it to be viewed in all its glory or lack thereof to see where the U.S. is at. So this winning this tournament may provide some harm, at least in the public eye, because people will demand more. That'll come back to haunt the U.S. in some way. I have a little bracket I put together. Oh, It's not mind-blowing. So here are your quarterfinalists. Okay. Costa Rica, Canada. Mexico will play Haiti. Jamaica plays Panama. USA plays Honduras. Costa Rica, Mexico advance to play each other. Jamaica, USA. So that's, that's going to be exciting. A rematch. I can't see Jamaica beating them again. Oh. And then Mexico, USA with Mexico winning the final in July. I want to argue with you, but I, I want to. Think- I looked at. I try to be. Trust me. There's no one who likes to be cute on a bracket more than I do. There is no one. Yeah. Aka Poland in the semifinals of the 2018 World Cup. Those things blow up in your face. There's Wait, no what? reason. Wait, what? <laughs> you had Poland. I had Poland in the really semifinals. Really like Lewandowski, huh? Just something. I go, hey, close to home in Russia. Maybe they'll that don't that close to home thing. Poppycock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so probably, maybe Hondur- maybe Honduras doesn't get through. I forgot who was in that group uh, with them. Was it El Salvador? Maybe El Salvador. They're in the gets Jamaica them. El Salvador. And maybe yeah, but Honduras has been really troubling right now. I actually saw Carlos Pavon down in Miami, and he rolled his eyes. He says the talent's there for Honduras. It's the coaching that is the issue. Uh, I hope he's right, but I, I tend to think he's not. Well, you know what? That might that actually might. They be just the can't case. find it. I, I had spoken with someone uh, that has knowledge of kind of the, the players there in Honduras, and he said one of the one of the things is there are very talented players, but they need to learn how to be professionals. That, man, that's such a. And it seems such like an overseen detail. Yeah. and I see it. We see it with LAFC without you know, striking off our our team here too much. This is a a team that where players get coach, get coached up and get better. Yeah, with Peter Lee Vassell, the perfect example. Well, there, the guy's point was this: they're in Honduras, they're so talented, and they do love the game, but they don't love training. Um, so, <laughs> so what happens is, what happens is they'll get they'll get my guys, kind of guys. Yeah, they'll get guys that love to play, and they're and they're gamers and they're computers, but they're gamers to the point where it's detriment to them. So they'll have their friends say, "Hey, uh, we've got a game uh, on Sunday," and there's professional footballers going out and playing games with like their the pub teams, and then but not willing to go and train, and then they come here, you know. They come here to MLS and they they learn learn a valuable lesson uh, of what training means. Some of them maybe sometimes have the ability to go straight to Europe. They still learn a valuable lesson. I mean, it's really all about getting kind of that mentality. And the ones that have risen above that and shown that they can kind of pick up and be quick on the uptake to train have gone that much higher. But they need to. It's almost like they need to go back home and then tell the guys, "Look, guys, this is what you're gonna have to do. I don't want to scare you, but when you go to these other places." You cannot be this player anymore. All right. There you go. Hope to see you out at some of the stadiums, wherever you might be, whether it's in uh, Pasadena or Bank of California Stadium, or maybe you make it down to Costa Rica or Jamaica or wherever, or Chicago oh. for the final. If you're I'm going trying to Costa to make Rica it, or Jamaica, bring us with you. I'm trying to make the Chicago final. It'll have to be a day of flight, which is never ideal. Plus, I'll be off the clock so I can go enjoy a little. Yeah. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We might be looking for a theme song for Inside LAFC. Uh, please rate and review, and we will read them and say whatever you want. We welcome it. Yeah, please rate and review. It helps us, even, I guess, the bad reviews, but yeah. it, it just helps us and, no and share. Reviews. Look, we do this. Where do you get this kind of information? We do this for free, so we ask if maybe for free you could just kind of flip us a retweet or tell your friends about it. Yeah. Um, and also spread the love to all the rest of the podcasts in our whole family. I mean, Correct. There's, there's another new one popping up. It, it escapes me right now, but I believe it's Jerry Reynoso now has a podcast. Jerry, we, we've exchanged uh, many times with him. So, uh, You know what? These the, the defenders of the bank, 
they've started from the beginning and they're getting a really nice following and you can see it and you if you, I think if you put the work in even on an independent stage you will get to where you want it takes a lot you got to go to every game you've got to make yourself present you got to shake hands you got to kiss babies those guys are doing it and now it's uh it's almost a, it's a podcast of record for many for any LAFC fans so I just want to salute everyone who, who works hard and it's all the parts I just mentioned defenders of banks yep. I see them so frequently shoulder to shoulder shoulder, shoulder all of them do great all of them I mean it, everyone t- takes I a listen I love honestly it does not hurt my feelings at all or anything like this when I see on Twitter I see somebody say to let's say shoulder shoulder hey you guys are my favorite podcast I love it yeah there's no competition whatsoever I, I like this because you like you said these are labor of loves for these guys, and they, they're consistent. They bring it out every week, so please subscribe to them as well because they're, they're bringing their own unique angles. They have their own unique guests. I think there's going to be a few surprises down the line for, for some of these podcasts, so get subscribe to them now. Get on the hype train now so you can say you knew these guys before. Yeah, they, they do well, man. They get out here. They the get some of the players. Indeed. We're proud of all of you. Check them all out, including Inside LFC. We'll see you next week.